Welcome to the MLB Early Bird Podcast right here on awesomeo.com. I am Jason Foy, as always here. I am joined by Terry McBride here on a Sunday evening as we get you ready for Monday slate of MLB action. Before we even start kind of getting into these games, Terry, something we got to note about Monday slate. If you're playing on DraftKings, we've got a 6.37 p.m. Eastern time main uh, slate start. But however, on FanDuel and Yahoo, their main slate is 705. They do have some all-day slates over there. So as uh, you're developing your rosters on Monday, that's something you got to think about. The two games that you're getting on the main slate on DK that you're not getting on FanDuel and Yahoo would be the Yankee Blue Jay game and the Brewer Reds game. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, we, we did the uh, MLB Live for Laka show on, on Friday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you had to be all those those Dodger stock stacks all weekend long. But, man, there, there were it. some other stacks that ended up coming. You mentioned about the Braves on Friday. They they come through cash for you. Um, you know, and unfortunately, uh, some of my, my – I had a raise stack on Friday night. That didn't do too well. Uh, as they only got uh, one run, Glass now uh, got in a little trouble early on in that game. But how, how was uh, MLB DFS for you over the past couple of days? Yeah, I tell you what, uh, MLB beat me up a little bit. I had similar experience to you. Uh, yeah, we nailed that uh, Braves game on Friday. I think you know we talked about it. Jeff talked about it. I think we got it backward and forward. And somehow I didn't end up with enough of it. That's been like the story of my year. We've been talking about all these different things and you know really focusing in on some good plays. And then when I check my lineups, I'm like, ah, I must have done well. I was talking about that all day. <laughs> not really in there. So not really sure what's been going on, but I uh, had myself a very nice little NFL day. Took down a GPP day today, so uh, getting back in the black uh, for uh, for the uh, last little while anyway. So it was a nice day today. Yeah, for me, I'm just trying to get caught up on everything uh, you know happening in NFL today with you know working on the Buccaneers radio network broadcast. Obviously, I know what happened to Bucks Panthers. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see about uh, Christian McCaffrey the the injury, the ankle injury that he suffered. Uh, left the game in the fourth quarter, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, it's usually uh, Sunday night, Monday is me kind of catching up on everything else that happened in, in the NFL. And uh, right. of course, once we get the Tuesday, start watching some of that All-22 tape, which is, uh, you know, it's definitely something. Uh, I mean, look, even as a DFS player, I'm telling you, it's something you can definitely take advantage of. And, and obviously, uh, one thing I always recommend, I know this is an MLB podcast, but in terms of NFL, just because that is really my world, is really look at the game too. books. Because now in the game books, they put the player participation chart so you ex- know exactly how many snaps each player got. That's a little DFS hack for you. You go over that game book on NFL.com. You get a little, little. you might be surprised to see who's getting more snaps than maybe other players. So that's something definitely uh, to take advantage of. Of course, uh, this show is sponsored by Yahoo, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They're the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload, CSV edit features. For those looking to play multiple lines, make better choices, choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. No shocker coming up on Monday night of Jake DeGrom is the most expensive pitcher uh, all across the board. There should be absolutely no surprise about that. Uh, it does have a, a, a you know an interesting matchup against the Rays up there in New York. We'll talk about that as we go on, but uh, let's get right into it here. Uh, we got the Yankees and the Blue Jays. As we do this show, the Yankees have not officially come out and said who is starting for them. Uh, we're th- believing it's going to be Jordan Montgomery. DK does have a price out on him of 7200 FanDuel and Yahoo do not have 
prices on him for the Blue Jays. Matt Shoemaker is going to get the start, and I will tell you, DK did not have a line on him. Uh, DK actually had a line on Tanner Rourke, so he was seven thousand. So maybe That's they'll right. just they'll they'll fit in Matt Shoemaker at that spot as well. And those guys are probably, for DFS purposes, essentially interchangeable pieces that you don't want really either part of. Uh, I actually wrote up Rourke. I had the uh, I had the, that information on my side as well. Uh, but uh, going up against the Yankees, I really don't want either side of those pitchers. Uh, the lineup is healthy. They've just been crushing baseballs and destroying worlds uh, lately. So I would stay away from that. I would probably lean into some of those Yankees stacks. Montgomery on the other side, he's been pitching well. We talk about him not being a DFS pitcher all the time, and and he's really not. He doesn't get enough strikeouts, but he is 22.8% strikeout rate this year, so it's okay. It's league average-ish. Uh, he's generating 27.5% soft contact. That's third among all starters in baseball who have at least 30 innings so far this year. Uh, his 38 and two-thirds does, innings uh, for the year doesn't qualify for actual qualified starters, but if you adjust the sample – uh, he's right there. So among the best in baseball, inducing soft contact, keeping the ball in the yard. So I could argue for a little bit of Monty, maybe, uh, you know, depending on uh, what the slate looks like. 7,200 doesn't really put him in that range of being a super cheap SP2 that's going to get you to a lot, though. So a little bit of a dicey play. This Jays lineup, 17th in baseball with a 172 ISO, uh, but their 113 WRC plus is very good against lefties, uh, and they only strike out around the league average. So not a great, great spot for them either. Yeah, I mean, and we've we've talked about this with the injuries the Yankees have had all year long, but they are finally getting healthy. Uh, you know, they did not have a great performance uh, here on Sunday against the Red Sox, losing 10 to two. But this is something we talked about on Friday. And it'll be you know live before lock. You know, obviously we saw Stant came back, Judges came back, LeMahieu is just hitting the cover off the ball right now. You know, Luke Voigt, I mean, he's just having an unbelievable season. So this is a team that's getting healthy at the right time. And, you know, it was a week ago, I want to say when I when I did uh Live Before Lock with Alex last Tuesday, we were kind of talking about and of course I want to say that might have been the day Stanton came back, maybe Stanton came back a day or two later. But we were talking about like, you know, hey, this is probably you're getting to the point where these may be the final days of sneaky Yankee stacks just because they're getting healthy. Yeah. Yeah, we had seen them go through that tough stretch. You and I talked about it a couple of times several weeks ago where from the middle of August to the very first few days of September, they were dead in the water. Uh, the lineup was not producing, was not hitting well. And then they gradually started getting a couple of these guys back. They started getting production from some of the other hitters. And, and like Luke Voigt was carrying them through that stretch. Clint Frazier was hitting a little bit. But now they've loaded back up and, uh, and the lineup's just humming. So, yeah, they had, uh, I guess, a, a little bit of a rough day. Thanks a lot for mentioning that the Red Sox beat them today. I wasn't paying attention. I told you I didn't know what happened in baseball. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think we can uh, definitely take a peek at this Yankees lineup, though. From top to bottom, they're just going to be loaded. You mentioned LeMahieu. For my money, he's the best overall hitter in baseball. I mean, the guy just gets on top of everything. He can hit the all fields. Just a base hit machine. Great eye, great on base. Is uh, 422 on base. Uh, this is worth actually looking at. Let me move your little box where I can see you. Uh, 368, 422, 626 slash in uh, 180 uh, plate appearances this year with a 258 ISO, a 185 WRC+. plus. That's a killer, killer line. Guy's worth every penny they pay him and more. 
Loved AJ LeMahieu there. And then you get into Judge. You mentioned uh, Stanton's back in the lineup. Void is killing everything. And then you got a nice mix of the different outfielders, depending on who's in the lineup with Frazier, with uh, Brett Gardner, who's been swinging the bat a little bit better. Talkman, if he's in there. Hicks, if he's in there. So a lot of different things. Uh, a little bit of position flex in some of those guys, too. In terms of the Blue Jays, is there anything from the, the hitting side that you could potentially be targeting on Monday? Yeah, you know, I mentioned the overall WRC plus uh, against lefties is pretty good. Uh, so I think we can get to some builds uh, there with some of those uh, quality right-handed hitters in that lineup. Kevin Biggio, if I remember, doesn't have bad uh, same-handed matchups either. He's a lefty, should be hitting uh, near the top of the lineup. But then you get into like a Randall Grichik, a big righty bat with tremendous power. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has not really produced to everybody's lofty expectations for the kid, but he's still been a very good hitter in his brief career uh, for a young guy coming up. Lourdes Gurriel, similar deal, a very, very good hitter at 27. Um, so you've got a lot of bats that I like in that lineup. Um, so I definitely think we can build uh, and attack some of that Jordan Montgomery as well. Uh, next up, we have got the Brewers and the Reds. Brandon Woodruff will be going for the Brewers. Luis Castillo going to be on the hill for the Reds. DK has a 9800 price tag on Castillo. Uh, there was no price tag when I looked on FanDuel and Yahoo for Woodruff. 8700 on DK. 8200 on FanDuel and $37 on Yahoo. 37 on Yahoo? That's for Woodruff? That sounds like yeah. a bargain. Yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that price. Just I'm not looking at the full slate, but I'm assuming some of the other guys, uh, you know, so there's a couple like a DeGrom would probably be in the 50-something range, I would imagine. So yeah, <laughs> Close, Closer to Woodruff. 60 than he is 50. <laughs> that was it. Worth it, though. Worth it. We'll get there. Um Woodruff is in a tough spot. Uh, this Reds lineup is very good. Uh, their uh, 204 ISO is sixth best in baseball against righties. Uh, 101 WRC plus is right on the average. 24.8% strikeout rate, so there are some strikeouts there for them, but a 12.3% walk rate. So they're good hitters. They get on base, and they can get into some of that power um, and, and create some opportunities for themselves. Woodruff's pitching very, very well, though. 26.8% uh, strikeout rate for his career, uh, 0.98 home runs per nine. This year, getting 13.4% swinging strikes, 48% ground ball rate, uh, only 28.1% hard contact. So among the league leaders in limiting hard contact, 60 innings pitched, uh, that's the uh, sixth best among uh, pitchers with 60 innings pitched, that uh, hard contact number. So just pitching very well. Uh, I get a pretty decent projection on him, despite the Reds offense that I do like and will probably get to some of. Uh, at that price, I think I can get to some Woodruff here as an SP1 probably on DraftKings, an inexpensive SP1. And then uh, I like him on the one-pitcher site too at 8,200. Looking at uh, Luis Castillo in his last three starts, six innings pitched, uh, three starts ago. Then he came back with a complete game. And in his last outing, he had seven innings pitched. He has struck out 10 in his last six in the previous one and eight before that. Uh, low score on, on DK in his last three uh outings is 24.1 so he is pitching very well interesting uh note i mean look this really has nothing it not you know not a a great impact on dfs but uh mlb had this little note on here talking about woodruff saying the team went 18 and 4 in his 2019 starts however they're four and five when he's on the hill huh interesting that's a like you said, probably not uh, going to impact us for DFS too too much because you know it's we, we do worry about the win, but there's a little bit of uh, 
wonkiness overall in that number just based on how this team performs offensively. But yeah, I mean, the, you know, knowing that they're going up against Luis Castillo, you do have to take that into account. This could be another loss for the Brewers in a game where Woodruff ends up starting. Uh, but he's very, very good um, in the spot. So it's a, it's a tricky spot there. And then Castillo on the other side, uh, you hit it on the head. He's been pitching just absolutely great. Uh, and he's going up against the Brewers lineup that uh, is not good against righties. We've talked about them a few times. Good against lefties, bad on the other side. 159 ISO is 19th in baseball. WRC plus is 13% below average. They strike out 25.7% of the time. So this is a targetable spot with Castillo. I think we can definitely get to some, share, some shares of him. Uh, 9800 not a terrible price on DK. 10 2 I'm willing to pay for him on uh, on FanDuel. So, uh, yeah, I think we can definitely get to Castillo. Uh, and as far as bats go, I would prefer the red side. I don't think I would get to very much Brewers against Castillo here. Uh, most other hitters are better uh, as righties against lefties, like we talked about. Maybe some one-off Christian Yelich, but he's likely to be relatively popular. So I don't know that I want any Brewers really. Yeah, I was thinking about those left-handed bats in the Reds lineup, which kind of made me wonder. It'd be interesting to kind of see as we go throughout Monday of where do the Reds come up in our top stack tool. Yeah, definitely. Something I always like to check you know, throughout the day as I'm building lineups, as I'm making my notes for the various shows and everything. I always like to know where Alex is at. It just gives you the full spread of the entire board in one quick snapshot that you can see. So I love referring to that tool, and I'm going to be doing it with this team definitely because it is especially it's really key when it's a good team like this going up against a good pitcher. Uh, it's just one more little uh, metric that I can push ownership one way or the other based on what Alex is seeing in addition to what I'm seeing in my model and uh, you know what uh, what everything's telling me and what's coming up in Cruncher. So uh, totally with you and yeah, if we can get to some bats like uh, Mike Mustakis, like a Joey Votto in here and then a Eugenio Suarez who uh, has no problem righty righty and Nick Castellanos uh, maybe an Aquino, even in a righty-righty. Um, I, I like the upside of that lineup. But Nicky Senzel is back in that lineup as well. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of pieces in that lineup I like. As I look over at Odd Shopper, I, I see that we have the Reds uh, minus 136. So they are going to be the favorite in that game. Of course, if you're looking to find the best lines, that's where you got to go. Just go to awesomeo.com. Right there at the top of the page, you'll see Odd Shopper. Be sure to check out all the odds, whether it's MLB or any other sport. They're all up there right now at awesomeo.com. Next up, we have got the Cubs and the Pirates. John Lester going to be on the hill for the Cubbies. Two and two on the year. He's got 38 strikeouts. Taking on JT Brubaker, who is one and two with 36 strikeouts. And, uh, you know, look, I'm not trying to, you know, be the president of the John Lester. Uh, I hate him for DFS fan club, but I'm, I'm probably definitely on the board of directors. <laughs> I think I'm the uh, I think I'm the guy who just writes angry letters to both sides and uh, never gets it right on either one. That's <laughs> uh, I I do not get Lester right very often. Uh, unfortunately, he is uh, he's won me a little bit uh, over time, as I mention all the time with him. But he's uh, he's probably lost me more where I've been wrong on him. I am getting a good mark on him again tomorrow. I will end up having him. Uh, I'm probably not sounding all that enthusiastic about it because I am not. Uh, 7700 though, not a bad price to pay for him against this Pirates lineup. Uh, and, and that's really the story that we need to talk about here. They're 24th in baseball with just a 151 ISO against lefties. They do have a 104 WRC+, plus, so they create runs a little bit better than the average against lefties. Their 22.8% strikeout rate is not awful, but they don't pack a ton of power. So they don't pack a lot of, uh, of a lot of home runs. 
So I think Leicester could get by with his ability to keep the ball on the ground, keep the ball in the park, and not put too many guys on base, which will be the key for him. If he limits their ability to get guys on and create runs that way, I think we could get away with an okay Leicester start here. He's only striking out 17% of hitters this year, giving up some home runs. Um, he's a 501 XFIP to his 491 ERA, so it's all right there on the surface. Just 7.4% swinging strikes this year. It's really starting to sound like a sucker bet as I'm talking about it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be rolling the dice with Leicester. The price is probably right, um, so I think we can get to him. Um, and it's a play against the Pirates. Okay, so his price point, I'm, I'm going to mention what his price point is here. 7700 DK, 7900 on FanDuel, $32 on Yahoo. But i got to bring this up for you. September the 1st, Cubs at Pittsburgh. John Lester scored 1.4 points in five and a third innings pitch. He gave up five earned runs, eight hits, three walks, three strikeouts in 93 pitches. There's a chance I could tell you what my uh, shares of John Lester were that day, but I think I would be embarrassed because it's so high. I had so much of him that day. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. That's John Lester. That's the ride. Um, it's the same matchup, and I like it again. Um, and he's the kind of guy that could go out and have the complete opposite start against this team. That's just kind of who he's been, uh, but he's not reliable. Um, so it's definitely an uncomfortable play. Uh, sometimes uncomfortable plays win GPPs, though. Okay, here, here's the month of September DK points for you. 1.4, There's a little roller coaster action in there. It went up to the top of the roller, po- roller coaster once. And of course, on the other side, you got JT. Uh, you know, he has uh, he pitched against the Cubs back at the very beginning of the season. He's pitched against twice. The first time he scored eleven DK points in three innings pitch. His last time against the Cubs was back on September the third, scoring eighteen and a half in five innings pitched. Uh, in that game, he did have five strikeouts. Yeah, that's about who he is. Uh, 35 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed four home runs, uh, 4.16 XFIP to a 4.79 ERA. So tiny, tiny little bit of bad luck uh, baked into his numbers overall. 22.9% strikeout rate. He's a round league average, 10.7% swinging strikes. Getting 44% ground balls. Uh, he was over 50% ground ball guy in the minors, kind of part of uh, his repertoire, part of what he relies on. Throws the sinker 34% of the time to help him induce those. Uh, and he gets a decent whiff on his slider uh, that he throws to both hands. Uh, so he's got a reasonable out pitch. He got he has the ability to induce ground balls. I don't hate the pitcher in a different spot against a different team. Uh, I would probably be more inclined to go to him uh, because oh, actually the price didn't pop up. I do not think he's expensive though. I was going to quote the price. Do you have it right in front of you? JT is sixty eight hundred on DK. Thank you. Yeah. So I knew it was cheap. So I like the price, but I don't love the matchup. This Cubs team is good. Uh, and it's they've got a 180 ISO in the split, 99 WRC plus right on average. They do strike out 25.3% of the time, so he could pick up one of those like five, six strikeout games, but I just think they're going to hang some runs on him. So not really a spot for me. Maybe I'll leave him in like 5%, 10% in my crunches and then roll out less than that probably. I see myself going with some Cub stacks. Yeah, I definitely think we can build with some Cub stacks, and, and that's the key if everybody out there doesn't already know, and hopefully everybody does. 
when we talk about these five to ten percent guys, that does not mean don't play the offense on the other side. Usually, that'll mean probably look at the offense on the other side. To be honest, if we're uh, a little uh, trepidatious about playing one of these guys, uh, so yeah, we I love this lineup. Uh, Ian Happa is the guy I've talked about all year long. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, one of the best and least respected catchers in baseball offensively, just never seems to get appropriate ownership and uh, is not that expensive at only forty four hundred on DK. Kyle Schwarber, Javi Baez. This lineup just keeps on giving. So even getting down to like a Jason Hayward down the bottom of the, the lineup, he's having a great year uh, quietly. Uh, 297, 414, 516 split for Hayward with a 148 uh, WRC plus and a 219 ISO overall. That's a killer year for Jason Hayward. So, yeah. yeah, I think we can definitely build with that stack. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's where you got to look at the top stack tool. Of course, you are listening to the MLB Early Bird Podcast. Of course, if you're listening to us on YouTube, be sure to hit that thumbs up button. That does help us out a lot. Also, be sure you're subscribed to Awesome Mode channel right here on YouTube. Or if you're listening on one of our podcast channels, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you're always getting all the great content we have over here at awesomeo.com. Then we got the Marlins and the Braves. Trevor Rogers is going to be on the hill for the Marlins in this one. And of course the Braves, man, this offense is killer. Um, you know, especially if you can find them in, in that right spot, man, they, they can be in, and that's, you know, you know, I know we've hammered this point home a couple of times, but this is where, you know, when you can, you have, you can look at that top stack tool and kind of see where the Braves are. If you can find them in the kind of these sneaky spots. Yeah, and I tell you what, they've been landing in that sneaky spot uh, more often than not lately. Uh, basically because of their pricing, they're expensive and they're not easy to build with and the optimizers don't get to them as easily. Uh, so you have to force them in, you have to make some tweaks in, and tell your optimizer what you want. And that's important when you're using Fantasy Cruncher or any other optimizer out there, guys, as well. Is Those are tools. So a lot of people just say, oh, Fantasy Cruncher gave me this. Well, Fantasy Cruncher didn't give you that. That's what you asked for. You have to tell Fantasy Cruncher how to build the lineups that you want. Otherwise, it's just going to spit out things based on what the projections are and based on what everybody else is getting. And you're going to be riding along with the public in a lot of cases where we want to build in Braves. We're going to see the Braves probably pop up near the top of uh, the stacks tool tomorrow and probably be drawing a limited amount of ownership here. Uh, Rogers is a good prospect, but I don't think he's ready He's a kid that uh, is another one of these guys that has probably been promoted and probably up uh, ahead of uh, schedule just because it's a year with no minor leagues, just because they want to keep him pitching. Um, so in his 21 innings, he's allowed five home runs, 4-1-6-X-5-2 is 6 ERA, so a little bit of bad luck baked in there. Uh, he's gotten he's induced 12.5% swinging strikes, uh, and he was a 25% strikeout guy in the minors overall, so decent strikeout pitcher. But you hit it on the head. This Braves active roster, you have to move it back for a lefty to the start of last year. They did have some wonky results earlier this year that do have their numbers off a little bit because they haven't faced a ton of lefties. But if you move it back since the start of last year, the active roster, guys, that are actually going to be in the lineup, fifth in baseball with a 209 ISO, 103 WRC plus is above average, only a 23.7% strikeout rate, not that bad, 8.4% walk rate. So they are just a killer, killer offense. We know there's a ton of good righties in there. The lefties have no problem with uh, with same-handed pitching, not against a rookie especially. So fire away with the Braves for sure. 
Yeah, I, I just think it comes down to ownership. I mean, that that to me is going to be the big thing. Is kind of where they, you know, we we talked about it on Friday. Just everyone was going to be on the Dodgers. We all knew it, so we were kind of like, okay. And you had you had mentioned the Braves as potentially a spot to go to. So I think that's something to kind of look at here in, in relation to I me. Mean, it's only an eight games main main slate on DK. You know, so maybe maybe you can find some value in the Braves. Uh, as you look at the Marlins, I mean, are are there maybe a a one-off hitter that maybe is a favorite one-off hitter in this lineup for you? Um, we could probably pick off maybe like some Matt Joyce in there, or uh, maybe a Corey Dickerson against the Oscari Noah here. Uh, I don't think very much of Oscari Noah as a uh, as a pitcher overall. Uh, 18.6% strikeout rate, 14.0% walk in his limited 18 and two thirds innings, uh, giving up two home runs. Uh, the minors is a 20 to 30% strikeout guy, 10.2% swinging strikes in the majors. Uh, it was around 12 ish in the minors. So he's got decent stuff, but, uh, I just don't think he's a killer, killer prospect. He's ranked 11 in their system, but uh, I, I maybe I just haven't seen much on him in uh, a lot of prospect reports. I haven't seen him pop up too much. But he does have a good matchup here, and they are expecting him to go like five. Uh, Marlins are 27th in baseball, 140 ISO, 95 WRC plus is below average, 24.4% strikeout rate in the split. So I definitely think for 5,600 on DraftKings, He's in play uh, as a mix-in option that can save you money, and maybe you can roll him out a little bit with some of his own bats, and you get the uh, bonus of uh, they'll support his win equity by uh, you know if that stack goes off. So you get a little bit there, but he's going to have to deliver for you get through those five innings, and they'll have the lead for that uh, for that win to come through. So a little bit of a dice roll on the kid, but he doesn't cost much at all. Um, so. I, I think we can throw a couple of those bats at him, like you asked, and I think we can throw him back at them in limited fashion. <laughs> Of course, we uh, are telling and telling you about that top stack tool. If you want to get access to that, our player projections, our ownership projections, the top pitchers tool, you got to sign up for an Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for $15.95. All you got to do is go to Osmo.com right there at the top left-hand side. You'll see Osmo Plus. Just click on that. It gets you all set up for MLB Weekly Pass for $15.95. And uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend Add Fancy Cruncher to your lineup. You will thank me in the long run. As uh, you're hearing this in audio, I can see Terry, and Terry's just shaking his head. Of yes, yes, yes. Add Fancy Cruncher because I, I, I'll tell you, because yeah. I, I get a lot of people who ask me, and particularly on the MMA side of things, you know, they'll ask me about Fancy Cruncher and how to use it. I'm like, look, we got a ton of videos up on our YouTube channel that you can check out. But the one thing I like to do, I just do dummy crunches. So once mm-hmm. I see the dummy crunch. Then I look at ownership projections, and then I kind of cha- put my own exposures in, and then I start kind of tw- you know going into the advanced settings and how many unique players I want. You know, if I got this person, I don't want that person. So there's definitely ways to work that system. But man, Fancy Cruncher, it, it's a game changer. Absolutely, it's such a powerful tool. It's it's by far the best optimizer and the deepest out there. Uh, and I don't just say that because we work with them and we've got it available through our site, and you can subscribe through us. I'm saying that because I actually use it and I actually win money with it. I would not say it otherwise. I would just keep my mouth shut and continue nodding at you, and nobody would know. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a great great tool. Uh, something I've been doing uh, for a couple years now that's just real quick aside getting back uh, over to NFL before we continue on with baseball is using it to build groups in NFL. 
Uh, we always talk about stacking in NFL, put wide receivers, tight ends uh, with your quarterback, maybe a running back, bring a guy back from the other team, catch the rising tide of a game and, uh, and you know, really elevate your scores. You can use the rules within Fantasy Cruncher to set that up just by rule, tell it, you know, automatically do this. But you can also build groups and really layer that in and refine that. So I've been doing that for years, seen good results with it. And now for the site, every Thursday I'm writing a column where I'm putting out what my groups would be for that week giving you all the connections that you can make, and then I'm updating it overnight Saturday into Sunday morning. So there's a lot that you can do with this tool. Um, and you don't have to get that crazy, crazy deep with it. Like you said, for baseball, I love the run, just some you know empty crunches with nothing set, see where things are falling, see where a lot of the public's going to be, then tell it just loosely to do a couple stacks, see where that falls, see how that's going to be, run it with Alex's projections, put mine in there, run one with my home run model. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. It's just such, It's a cool tool. I lose hours to it. But you don't have to. You can just subscribe and get good results with uh, with limited effort with it too. It's a fantastic tool. So every time so I do, over. yeah, every t- every time I do uh, MLB Live Before Lock with Alex, we always give our home run picks. I'll straight up be honest with you. I go, I, I, for my, when I start thinking who's gonna get a home run, I go to your article first. I go, who does Terry <laughs> like? Well, let me see who he likes tonight. I appreciate that. I haven't totaled them up in a while for my uh, for my daily home run picks. I was uh, I was still batting over three hundred last I checked, but I'm not sure where I'm at right now. But uh, yeah, it's been fun picking them all year, and hopefully people are getting good value out of that column. I enjoy doing it. I'm like, who does Terry have a high projection on tonight? <laughs> you know, so and then I'm always yeah, trying to find. I'm yeah, always trying to find that sneaky team one. every night. So yeah. yeah, good pickings. Of course, uh, we mentioned about uh, DeGrom being the, the most expensive pitcher on the slate on Monday. He is going up against the Rays. Pete Fairbanks will be the opener for the Rays. Josh Fleming is expected to come in after him. So when you go into your DK player pool, you'll see that both of them are available on DK. Fleming 6,600, Fairbanks 4,000. Fleming not available on FanDuel. Fairbanks is 5,500. He's also 25 on Yahoo, but uh, DeGrom, 10500 on DK, 11500 on FanDuel, and $58 on Yahoo. Let me, let me we, we typically start with the pitching, but let me kind of start with the hitting here. Any chance you go to a raise stack against DeGrom? Uh, probably not. Um, I do like to every now and then build those contrarian. Well, not every now and then. I do like to build contrarian stacks. I should start off with saying that, as you know. Uh, but I like to pick my spots. And I don't like to pick my spots against guys like Jake DeGrom. Uh, even if he's going to be explosively popular, it's just such a thin needle to thread for this team to go off against him. It, it might be like, yeah, I'll throw one or two into the mix if I'm rolling out 150 lineups in one tournament and then uh, 150 in another and 20 here, 20 there. I'll have some. I'll have a little bit, but it's not something I'm going to focus on. It would not be something that I would talk about as a play for me uh, during the day. I usually like to do that against a high-owned pitcher of significantly less caliber than a back-to-back Cy Young award winner who's on his way to a third. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing about with the opener is kind of, you know, how, how does that kind of, obviously you expect Josh Fleming's going to be the second guy in the lineup, but in terms of those Mets bats, you know, are there certain ones that you believe if you're going to stack the Mets, there's a certain aspect of a lineup to be looking at as opposed to another? 
So it's interesting with with Fairbanks opening. He's uh, he's kind of a high end prospect uh, of a guy as far as the caliber of his arm, but he's kind of aged out of that. He's like 26 now, I think. But he's got excellent stuff on two pitches. He's got a four seamer and a slider, both heavy, heavy spin pitches that are induced swinging strikes, uh, and he gets ground balls out of them. But he's not going to go deep into the game. Um, but he might, if he goes two innings, he could take the top off of that lineup and take a full plate appearance away from you know half the lineup, uh, which does potentially limit them. They get to Fleming after that. I like their chances against Fleming a little bit better rather than a kid who's like a flamethrower, uh, a bullpen type of guy, which is what Fairbanks is is profiling as these days. I do really like that Mets lineup, though, as you know, as we've talked about a few times through the season. So I probably will roll them out um, in the mix. If everything goes to plan, it shouldn't be a problem for them. I, I do get good numbers against them, even with like a full uh, – if I put it in as a full appearance of Fairbanks or a full appearance of Fleming, I would get good numbers on them. Uh, so I will have some Mets tomorrow. I'll be very interested to see how they rank out in the top stacks, of course. Uh, and I'll make some of my decisions based on that, based on their popularity. I do really like the pricing. Everybody's below five grand in that lineup now, so that's another uh, interesting tick in their favor. And uh, just in general, uh, 124 WRC plus against righties, 22.1% strikeout rate, so they're not terrible striking out. 184 ISO hitting for uh, a reasonable amount of power as a lineup. So, yeah, even with the opener situation, I can definitely uh, roll some Mets out there. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something, definitely a way you have to look at. Then we're going to have the Cardinals and the Royals. Adam Wainwright going to be on the hill for the Cards. He is five and one on the year. He's got forty-four strikeouts on the year. Taking on Carlos Hernandez, who uh, last pitched back on September twelfth against Pittsburgh, which was his first MLB start. Yeah, Hernandez is another guy, kind of a, a back-end uh, prospect. Not back-end, I shouldn't say that because he's like their 12th overall prospect, but a lesser prospect uh, in their system. Uh, he's not pitched above uh, A-ball, uh, but he got promoted and uh, got. he's getting a little cup of coffee here in the last week of the season. 15.8% um, strikeout rate in his nine and a third innings. Uh, it's three games, one start, I believe. Uh, in the minors, he's around a 25% strikeout guy. Good swinging strike rates. Uh, but over that very small sample in the show, he's only at 8.8% swinging strikes. So I would expect major league hitters probably are able to get to this kid. Uh, he probably doesn't have the stuff to profile very well. Uh, the cards, however, 29th in baseball with a 132 ISO in the split. 95 WRC plus is below average. 23 point, uh, 23% strikeout rate uh, is not terrible, but not great. 10.3% uh, walk is okay, so they'll get on base a little bit. Um, I would lean, I would probably lean toward the cards lineup. I'm not afraid of the kid, but you know, it's, it's not a terrible spot for him. Uh, and then Wayno on the other side is actually kind of interesting, which is surprising, uh, this, you know, at this point in his career, but he's been pitching pretty well. Uh, he's four, two, one X fit to that two, eight, seven ERA. So he's getting a little bit lucky. Uh, there's a two twenty eight batting average on balls in play against baked into those numbers, but he's inducing 11% swinging strikes, which is the highest of his career which is crazy. Um, he's added a lot of spin, not a lot, but he's added a fair amount of spin to his already impressive curveball, uh, and he's increased his whiff on that pitch, and he's using it more. Uh, so that's uh, it's brought his strikeout rate back up. Uh, it's 21%. Uh, it's back up a little bit. So against the Royals, they're 23rd in baseball in the split, 151 ISO, 11% below average uh, against righties and creating runs, 24.7% strikeout rate. I think there's a good game to be had here for Wayno. So, uh, yeah, I think we can get to him. 
so there's three pitchers on the slate on Monday on DK that are 9K and above. Wainwright, Castillo, and DeGrom. If you're ranking them one, two, three, where does Wayne, Wainwright fit into that equation? Is it 2010 or 2011, somewhere around there? <laughs> what year are we doing this in? Yeah, uh, in 2020. In, thank you for bringing me back to earth on uh, on that price. I hadn't noticed where the price tag was. I do not like that price. I was uh, in my brain as I was talking about that. I was thinking of more in that uh, maybe Herman Marquis uh, eighty three hundred ish kind of a range. Uh, so Woodruff eighty two hundred kind of range. So that's what I would be willing to pay for Wayno um, if he's going really under owned, which I expect he will be at that price. I can still get over the field on him, which will be the important part. Uh, so I'll be curious to see what uh, where he lands in the top starters tool, which is the same as the top stacks that we talked about only for pitching. So definitely want to get a glance at him tomorrow at that price tag. I'm going to be very curious to see what Alex is going to do with him. Yeah, so just kind of a note, his last start against Milwaukee, which he went seven innings pitch uh, and had nine strikeouts, his DK salary was 8400 So we're seeing an $1,100 bump. Um, his – Prior to Monday, his most expensive salary in the year was against the Reds back on September 11th, where he was 8800 So, nice little price jump that we're seeing here for him. So, what you're telling me is I was just enthusiastically endorsing Adam Wainwright as his most expensive price probably in like three years. <laughs> Look, Great. You know what? I, I would say I do, I do tend to like that top of that Royals lineup in general. Yeah, um, especially Sal Perez in a catcher role um, is always kind of, and you know, you look at you know Mondesi has started to kind of come around here over the last week or two or so. Yeah. Um, you know, Merrifield's had had a nice you know year. You know, so I do find myself you know looking at that Royals kind of on a daily basis, kind of looking at a one two three one two one two three five type stack. Yeah, and they're a team that pops up a little bit for me. And the important thing to note about that uh, with as far as optimizers and as far as uh, Fantasy Cruncher, particularly I think this is the lineup that they used uh, today uh, or possibly even yesterday. But just looking at it, guys like uh, Franco – not Franco, guys like O'Hearn, uh, Nicky Lopez, uh, Alex Gordon even in the back end of this lineup. And Gordon could be hitting as high as fifth. Those guys are very cheap. 2100 for Alex Gordon, 2500 for O'Hearn, 2400 for Nicky Lopez. Uh, so those guys are very, very cheap. So they kind of pull uh, a lot of this team into uh, optimizers as well. But I do like the top end of the lineup, the guys that you're talking about. Those are the guys that I'd be enthusiastic about playing. So what I'm getting at is it's important to make sure that you're using your uh, player, individual player ownership caps in the right way so that when you do crunch lineups, you're getting to the right parts of this lineup because you don't necessarily want to be playing the back end where it's a little bit weak. Uh, guys who are carrying a sub Mendoza slashes, uh, not necessarily the guys you want. But, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with Sal Perez, a guy, I, one of my favorite catchers in the league, one of the best offensive catchers in baseball, only 4600 so not a bad price tag on him. The two hitters above him, uh, Merrifield and Mondesi there, uh, wish they had Jorge Soler, Soler in the lineup protecting all those guys with uh, his big power. But uh, even with you know Hunter Dozier, Gordon, and Michael Franco in there, I think you can get to some of that. And then uh, two more games here left on the slate before we get out of here for this edition of the MLB Early Bird Podcast. We got the Astros and the Mariners. Lance McCullers will be on the hill for the Astros, and Marco Gonzalez will be on the hill 
for the Mariners. Barker Gonzalez is six and two on the year, fifty three strikeouts on the air side. Lance McCullers three and two on the year with forty strikeouts. Yeah, Marco's another one of those Mariners pitchers who's been kind of pitching pretty well, limiting power a little bit, 56 and two-thirds innings, only five home runs allowed. The whole staff has been kind of good at that, uh, and they're all throwing that cutter. Uh, so I, I assume – I haven't actually read any stories about uh, you know their pitching uh, philosophy, their pitching coach's philosophy or anything, but I assume that's just a big part of it because all these guys are throwing that cutter, and it's been effective for most of them. Um, but the real story here is this Astros lineup against lefties. Uh, we don't really have to go too deep into uh, what Marco's been doing because they're first in baseball with a 228 ISO, a 129 WRC plus puts them 29% above average, and only a 16.6% strikeout rate against lefties. That's killer. This is a tough, tough matchup for Marco. Uh, so he's a guy I've been getting to a little bit lately with all the quality he's been showing. He's only 7,600. If you want to be super sneaky and crafty, uh, get to get crafty with a lefty, maybe. Uh, but it's not a spot for me. Not against this Astros team. They just brutalize left-handed pitching. So that's a tough, tough ask. Eighty-five hundred on FanDuel is almost an impossible ask. I don't think we can do that at all. Uh, McCullers on the other side against the Mariners lineup, though, definitely want to get to some of that. Uh, he is pitching pretty well overall. Three nine four x fit to that four eight seven ERA. So he's getting a bit unlucky. Uh, 11% swinging strikes, still decent, uh, down a bit from where uh, where he was, 12%, 13% previously. But overall, uh, pitching pretty well, limiting home runs, 44 and a third innings, only allowed four homers. Uh, that's a 0.81 home run per nine. Throwing 40% sinkers, setting up uh, his curveball and his changeup gets good whiff on those. Mariners, 24th with a 151 ISO. WOC Plus is uh, 108, though, so they are a little frisky, as we've seen. They create runs a little bit better than the average against righties. But they're 23.6% strikeout rate. He's a good enough pitcher that I trust him that he's going to put up a, a good start here and sit down some of these guys with some strikeouts for us. 8300 I like the price tag on DraftKings a lot. Interesting uh, salaries for Marco here on, on the three different slates. Well, on DraftKings, he's 7600 You mentioned about FanDuel, 8500 $44 on Yahoo. So you are having to pay up. For Marco in the spot on the other side, McCullers, 8300 on DK, 8700 on FanDuel, $33 on Yahoo. And a really interesting uh, note here on MLB.com about Marco. Uh, after taking the loss to Houston in the opening day, which was his worst outing of the season, allowing uh, four runs, three earned on five hits, and four and a third. Since then, he is 6-1 and one with a 3.27 ERA. And this is, I think, one of the more interesting notes. In 52 and a third innings in those starts, he only has walked only four guys. That's impressive. That's impressive. That, that's how you get to the 2.2% walk rate on the season that I didn't mention. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, he is pitching very, very well, uh, demonstrating excellent control, not allowing a ton of opportunities. But it's it's just about how good this Astros lineup is. And they're basically healthy. Uh, so everybody's in the lineup. They draw 9.9% walks against lefty pitcher, pitchers. So they've got a little bit of, of patience there. And just overall, uh, they're just too good top to bottom. I mean, Springer, Altuve, Brantley suffers a little bit in the power department, but his slash is okay uh, from the average and the on-base perspective in the split. Bregman is a righty, just brutalizes lefty pitching. Kyle Tucker is very good against lefty pitching in a same-handed matchup. Correa, been struggling a little bit in the power department this year, but still very, very good. 
Uh, it's just a good, good lineup. So, yeah, Marco is a tough ask for me. Uh, that price on Yahoo is uh, wow. That I could not justify that. That's uh, that's crazy. I love the price on McCullers over there, though. Uh, McCullers and Woodruff all day long on Yahoo for me. Those are two yeah. killer prices comparatively. And I want to say this will be the Mariners' first game actually in Seattle in like a week. Oh, that's right. I hadn't even thought of that. That's right. Yeah, back home after. Uh, I don't want to say the fires are out, but uh, I guess yeah, the the air quality has improved and uh, and things are a little bit better. So yeah, yeah. that'll be uh, interesting coming home. But uh, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, I'm not the, sure they, uh, to lean into the lineup because it's uh, you know back at home or anything. Um, if you wanted to take some shares out of it, you've got J.P. Crawford, Dylan Moore having a good season from the top of the lineup, uh, Kyle Lewis we've talked about, and Kyle Seager. That would be basically the long and short of it for me is like the, you know, the top four hitters in this lineup. Maybe you could squeeze in a Ty France. You could talk me into it, I guess, but uh, I don't love the spot there. And then our final game of the night will be in San Fran, the Giants – Playing the Rockies, Marquez going to be on the mound for the Rockies, two and six on the year, sixty three strikeouts. Taking on Cueto, who's two and one the year with forty eight Ks. Yeah, Cueto facing the Rockies, who we know are bad on the road, bad against righties, but uh, Johnny Cueto's not that good anymore. <laughs> He's bad. Uh, so overall, 20.3% strikeout rate for his career. Uh, this year, he's 21.1% strikeout rate. That's up a little bit. 52 and two-thirds innings only. He's allowed seven home runs. Not totally awful. 4.79 xFIP and a 4.78 ERA. So he is just exactly who he looks like. 8.9% swinging strikes. That's actually up a little bit from last year, but it's down overall for his career. Uh, he's done okay limiting the hard contact, which has resulted in those, uh, you know, being able to somewhat limit the the home runs. But just doesn't strike out enough guys. Doesn't induce enough swing and miss. Uh, he's he's just not a pitcher I trust anymore. So I think we can probably roll a little bit limited of uh, of the Rockies maybe, and I don't really want to get to too much Johnny. Eighty six hundred is. Too big a price for me on DraftKings. Eight thousand, probably too big on the one pitcher site. Uh, I don't have his Yahoo price, but I'd be surprised if it was uh, something where I'd be enthusiastic about it. Uh, Johnny Cueto's uh, price on Yahoo: thirty-six dollars, eight K on Fanduel, eighty-six hundred on DraftKings. On the other side, Marquez, he's thirty-six dollars on Yahoo, eighty-three hundred on Fanduel, and seventy-eight hundred on DK. Yeah, so I mean, there's if you're playing on Yahoo, there's just no need to go dumpster diving when you're in that uh, in that thirty dollar tier. There are good good pitchers in there, and Marquez is one of them. Honestly, uh, I like Marquez uh, overall. He's actually a better pitcher at Coors Field uh, this season on the road. He's got a four one four xFIP, three six seven uh, at Coors, so he does he does very well at home. But uh, he's pretty good on the road as well. Uh, he's only allowed six homers in 68 and two-thirds innings. He goes deep into games. 3.88 xFIP overall to a 4.33 ERA. Uh, so, you know, again, pitching very, very well. 23.9% strikeouts against righties, 19.7 against lefties. Giants lineup, they've been frisky. They've been good. Tenth in baseball uh, with a 183 ISO against righties, 113 WRC+. Plus. They strike out 23.2% of the time. So it's not the easiest spot in the world for them. But I do like the pitcher. Uh, and I do think he's got some good stuff that works well against this lineup. I don't expect that he's going to be crazy popular tomorrow, and I like the price at seven thousand eight hundred on uh, on DK in uh, in the thirties there on Yahoo. 
So I think that's a spot I can get to. But I probably would also roll in limited fashion with some of those uh, some of those bats we like from the Giants that have been just doing it somehow all year long, despite not actually being good at baseball. I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> Is there a favorite bat you have uh, in terms of Monday slate with the Giants? I'm uh, just taking a peek. I mean, uh, I, I can always get to a Brandon Belt at just 3,200. I like that lefty bat hitting cleanup there. Uh, I don't think it'll be a wildly popular play. Yaz at 5,400, I just have a hard time justifying just on the fact of who he is. Uh, but he's been producing all year long. Uh, and then Alex Dickerson I like in there. Um, so there's there's some quality bats, some frisky bats in there. And, of course, uh, everyone's got to go over to Osmo.com to check out your home run articles, your stack articles. Uh, let everyone know what they can expect uh, on Monday from you. Yeah, so we've got uh, quick hits will be coming out uh, sometime in the next few hours overnight uh, when I get a chance to uh, knock that out and get everything updated. Then uh, we'll have stack slants during the afternoon tomorrow. I'll also be on uh, the show in the morning for the strategy show, and then I'll be on in the evening live before lock. So you've got wall-to-wall baseball from me. So one of those days you guys better hope I'm right about stuff. <laughs> of course, I'll be back on Osmo on Tuesday as uh, typically I do host the NBA Live Before Lock on Monday. But, well, we have no game on Monday, so no NBA ah. Live Before Lock. So uh, I'll be back on Tuesday for MLB Live Before Lock. Myself and Alex will get you ready for Tuesday night's slate of MLB action. But that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the MLB Early Bird Podcast. Of course, be sure to check out our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the most trusted name. Be sure to check them out. They do have CSV upload, CSV edit features now available. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. We appreciate everyone tuning in today to this edition of the MLB Early Bird Podcast.